Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. If you're like most people, the pandemic has upended your life in numerous ways. It's caused sickness, isolation, anxiety, and financial hardship for millions of Americans. The economic stimulus packages have been a bright spot for many who desperately need assistance. Not only did the stimulus give qualifying individuals and businesses direct payments, forgivable loans, and increased unemployment benefits, but the laws changed many aspects of your 2020 income taxes. That's what we'll talk about today. If you want to learn critical tips to cut the amount of taxes you owe or increase the tax refund you receive, stay with me. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me. My name is Laura Adams, and I'm an award-winning finance author, educator, and spokesperson who's been writing and hosting Money Girl every week since 2008. For today's show, I have a really great interview for you. I'm going to chat with C.C. Lung, CPA, for expert advice about taking advantage of the new tax rules. C.C. is a certified public accountant and author of the upcoming podcast and book, Dear Accountant. She's also the founder of Entrepreneur CFO, an advisory firm that helps growing companies get financially and operationally ready for their next big thing. You'll hear us discuss many critical tax tips to cut what you owe or increase the refund you get. Some of the topics we cover include when is the optimal time to file your 2020 tax return? How the delay of tax day may affect when you receive a refund. What to do if you did not receive an economic stimulus payment? Which stimulus benefits are taxable and non-taxable? What to do if you move to another state during the pandemic? How to handle expenses related to a home office? And common mistakes individuals and business owners should avoid this year. So here's the interview with Cece. Cece, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. So as you are well aware as a CPA, this year is getting pretty complex when it comes to tax issues. So I wanted to have you on to talk about some of the most common questions that people have and really talk about what maybe some are the some mistakes that people should try and avoid this year. So first off the bat, a lot of people may know by now, but tax day got postponed again. So it's now May 17th. And I know a lot of people will be wondering, what does that mean for me? Should I just wait until May 17th to file my taxes? Or is it better to just go ahead and 
pretend like the tax date is still <laughs> in April and get it done early? Yeah, so I would say it depends on whether you need to pay taxes or not. So if you need to pay taxes, I would definitely prepare it so then you don't have to stress over it the last minute. But then, of course, there's so many changes. So I would rather wait so I don't have to worry about filing amended returns later. However, if you are getting a tax refund and you plan to use that tax refund, for example, to pay off your high interest credit card, and I think it's a great idea because, you know, the interest amount can be huge. But then if you're not in any urgency to use that tax refund, I would rather wait. But then one important thing I do want to note, though, is that this extension to May 17 does not apply to the quarterly estimate tax payment that are due on April 15. Uh, so as you know, as we're receiving income this year, we still have to make these quarterly estimate payments due on April 15. Yeah, good good point there. So if you have any business income, whether you're you've got a side gig or you've got a full-time business with employees and you need to be paying estimated quarterly taxes, your point is that is still going to be due in mid-April as usual. So you do not get an extra yep. month for that. So that's very important to remember. So I appreciate you pointing that out. But if you don't have a business, you've just got regular individual income, I like what you're saying. If you're expecting a refund, you want to get that sooner rather than later. So it's really in your best interest to file now. Or if yep. if you're in a situation where you think you're going to owe taxes, then you want to delay that as much as possible and, and wait until <laughs> yeah. May 17. And, you know, even if you need to file an extension, if you can pay your bill, you know, on mm-hmm. May 17 and you have a little bit more time. So what does that do with the extension? Would it still extend you into October if you file an extension this year? Or do you get an additional time on that as well? Yeah, I would assume it's going to be six months, but then as this is based on the information that we know now, because as we have seen last year, it just automatically pushes to and you know to July. So I think based on the information we know now, you know it extends to May seventeenth. Generally speaking, the extension gives you another six months. Okay, great. Those are some good points there. Now, what about getting the refund this year? A lot of people are wondering if the tax day has been delayed, does that mean it's going to take longer to get a refund? What do you think? Yeah, well, maybe slightly, just because there's a lot of recent changes. But based on my experience and seeing my clients, I say, generally speaking, the refund process is pretty smooth. So usually what causes delay, though, is if you have an error or incorrect information. So I highly recommend people to go through thoroughly review their return, even if someone files it for you, or double-check the important information, such as your social security number, addresses, bank account information, etc. And there are also two ways to track your uh, 2020 tax refund status. You know, there's the IRS tool called Where's My Refund and a mobile app called irs to go So make sure you know your social security number and ITIN, uh, your filing status, and your exact refund amount reported on your return to be able to access those tools. 
Yeah, those are great resources. You brought up something else that's really important, and that is if people have someone else file their return, you are still responsible for what gets submitted to the IRS. So even if you have a professional, you're paying a professional, remember, ultimately, you know, the the truth of what is in that return needs to be verified by you. It's funny, one year, Cece, I had, I always have a professional do my returns. And one year, I found a really big error. And it actually caused me to have to pay a lot more tax. There was something that had, I think, a piece of property, real estate that had been sold that they didn't count. And so even though I could have saved a lot of money (laughs) by not speaking up, I knew that that was not a smart thing to do because if I got audited, that could easily be found and I would then have to pay and maybe also have to pay penalties on top of that. Even if you're not an expert, you do need to give it a, a look and make sure that you're okay with everything. Another common question that I'm hearing right now is, what do I do about paying taxes related to government stimulus? So if I got a stimulus payment last year, or it came in this year, or even if I'm taking unemployment benefits, how does all of that affect taxes? Yeah, so stimulus payment is tax-free. So make sure you do not include that as part of your taxable income. And for unemployment, so technically you do have to pay taxes on unemployment. However, the recent American Rescue Plan makes the first $10,200 unemployment tax-free if your annual household income is less than $150,000. So let's say if you receive $10,500 in unemployment, so then the $300 over the $10,200 tax-free limit, you will need to claim that $300 as income and pay taxes on it. Yeah, that makes it a little bit easier to swallow if you have been getting unemployment assistance, uh, for sure. But if you owe, if you received more than that, you're definitely going to owe tax on the amount above that that limit. So again, mm-hmm. the stimulus is tax free. So yes, don't don't put that on your tax form. You want to take advantage of that of those tax free payments. Um, Ceci, what about if somebody has been taking care of family members during the pandemic? You know, maybe you had an elderly parent or grandparent move in with you so you could take care care of them. Mm -hmm. Are there any tax breaks that people can claim in those situations? Yes. So there are a lot of people that have been doing that specifically last year. So the answer is yes. So you might be eligible to claim that person as a non-child qualifying dependent for tax credit up to $500. It does have limitations though on the rule. So it really depends on how much that person made last year, you know, uh, how long the person has been living with you, how much you've been helping them. And the IRS website has a lot more details regarding that. Um, what mm-hmm. about the home office situation? This is something that's come up a lot. <laughs> Since so many people are working at home, I think they're confused about this because prior to 2018, you used to be able to deduct home office expenses as an employee in certain situations. But since that time, that is not allowed. It's only a deduction for those who are self-employed and working at home. So, you know, what, what can people do? Is there anything that somebody who, let's say you had to buy some you know, an office chair, an office desk, a computer, if you had to buy some things related to working from home for an employer, are you just out of luck? 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because many people thought working from home means self-employed, and that's just not the case. Generally speaking, if you're an employee, you cannot deduct your home office expense, even if you're working from home due to the pandemic. So in the case you mentioned, let's say if you buy chairs and all that, yeah, nope, so you cannot deduct those. However, as an alternative, I do believe, you know, you can get reimbursed from your employer or have them pay for it just so the company can deduct it. So generally speaking, for home office expenses, if you're self-employed and genuinely working for yourself, you could then deduct your home office expense up to a certain percentage of the use of your home. So maybe you want to tally up all of your expenses and you could go to your employer and just say, hi, you know, this is how much I had to pay this year. Could you help me at all with this? You know, maybe they will have some type of benefit to reimburse you. Maybe not, but it's certainly worth asking if you did have significant expenses. Yeah, no, what I've seen is a lot of people actually take the computer and all this office chair from the office to their home just to save money. So they don't have to buy all these things, uh, you know, out of their pocket and not be able to claim it on their tax return. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you are going to be working at home going forward, you know, you may want to purchase some of those things just for your own comfort and, you know, make sure you've got a good place to work that's comfortable. But yeah, unfortunately, they're not going to be deductible. All right. So another big thing here that's come up, CC, is... What about if you do have a business, let's say you applied for a PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, you got some funds for that, either as a self-employed person or uh, you've got employees. What do small business owners need to know about claiming that PPP money on their tax return? Yeah, so it is okay to have business income for this year. And then, so if the PPP loan is forgiven, that is not considered income because the whole point of PPP loan is to provide business with money so then they can keep running and continue to pay employees, not to create a tax burden for business receiving the money. So it is the same thing in the case for self-employed. So the whole idea is to keep people going. So the PPP loan, even if it's forgiven, it is not considered income and you do not have to report it on your tax return. Yeah, that's so fantastic. That's such a a help for small business owners. I think another common question that is coming up is what if you moved to another state? Let's say you found that you could work from home during the pandemic, but you wanted to leave the city. You wanted to go out to the country or you wanted to move a little closer to family for whatever reason. If you worked part of the year in another location, mm-hmm. that can get pretty complex, can it? What what should people know about that situation? Yeah, so it is pretty complex and it really depends on the state. So generally, I would say it is both. So if you work in different states, even two different states or three different states, unfortunately, you just most of the time, generally speaking, you are responsible to pay taxes on all. And there are specific rules in terms of how you calculate the time you spend in each location, whether your home is still based on a particular state and all that stuff. So there are it, it is. It gets really complicated, and I do think there's specific uh, calculation or spreadsheet out there on the uh, IRS website or many other websites that can help kind of figure that out. 
but people may want to consult with an accountant on that one. If you're you're confused and you're not sure how to calculate that, (laughs) definitely get help because this is kind of a new situation that we're all coming up against Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, It may not happen next year. You know, you may go back to the city Mm -hmm. or you may, you know, change your location. But this is kind of an interesting period where people may find themselves owing tax in a couple different states, just depending on, on what those states are. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, so what else, Cece, should we be thinking about? You know, let's say you got really close to qualifying for a stimulus payment, but you were just above the cutoff. Is there anything that people can do to reduce their taxable income that might make them eligible for a payment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you asked because I always advise clients, you know, to pay the taxes that you're responsible for. But you should always consider all the tax opportunities to qualify for more money. So we all know that the stimulus check amounts are based on a household adjusted growth income, so AGI. So funding IRA or HSA could reduce that AGI and contributions can still be made through April 15. So we do still have time. But keep in mind, though, the rules can be complicated, though. Uh, but I do also advise. So I do advise people to get more details and clarifications from their plan administrator. Yeah. So if you've got a traditional IRA or you've got an HSA account, those can definitely help you because you can contribute for the prior year, right? So uh, you're saying up until April, mid-April, we can still Mm -hmm. make contributions to those accounts for 2020. 
that will reduce your 2020 taxable income, which may make the difference in whether you get a stimulus payment or even a a credit. So let's say you did not get a, a stimulus payment last year. Cece, will that come to people this year in the form of a credit? How will that kind of work itself out? Yeah, absolutely. So there's this tax credit called recovery rebate credit, and you can claim it on your 2020 tax return. So if you remember, so for so far, there's three stimulus checks that has been issued. So two sent out last year in 2020. So if you believe that you were eligible but did not receive it or did not receive the full amount that you were entitled to, you can still claim it through uh, filing your 2020 tax return. And for the recent one that issued in March 2021, people can still check using the IRS tool called Get My Payment. Okay, that's great. So yeah, I think the the first one was twelve hundred. Then there was one for six hundred. So there should have been a total of eighteen hundred for twenty twenty, and then the stimulus for this year, if you qualify for it, is fourteen hundred. So they're all yep. a little, they're all different, and the one this year it makes it a little bit more difficult to to qualify. Right, the the uh, the cutoff on on income is mm-hmm. a little higher uh, than it was last year. So even if you qualified for last year, you may not qualify for the payment this year if your payment or rather your income is close to the limit. So again, that kind of makes it even more important to try to get your income down a bit so that you may qualify for the 2021 yep. stimulus. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So CC, tell me what you think is going to happen in the future with taxes. We've got all these stimulus payments going out. And a lot of experts are saying, wow, how are we going to pay for this? You know, doesn't it mean that the taxes are going to increase in the future? Do you think that's likely to happen? And if so, what are some things that we should be thinking about? Yeah, so a lot of clients ask me that question. And I told people, or at least for me, I wouldn't worry too much about it just because, you know, the tax rate in the U.S. are marginal. So meaning that different levels of the same person's income are taxed at different rates. So if you do receive extra taxable benefit, and if it brings you to a different tax bracket, it will only be that additional amount that goes above your previous bracket that will get taxes on a higher rate, not the entire amount. So, you know, so I think we'll still be okay. Right. So what you're saying is that certain levels of your income have certain tax rates. It's not like all of your income gets the highest tax rate possible. It's only um, those who are earning the highest amounts of income that might be likely to see higher tax Mm -hmm. rates applied overall and and really make a significant difference is what you're saying. Maybe the average person may not see too much of a change. Exactly. Yep. All right. Well, this is awesome information. And let's wrap up with maybe some common mistakes that you think taxpayers should avoid. I'm sure with all of your experience, you've seen them make a gazillion errors and different Mm -hmm. mistakes when it comes to taxes. So I'd love to know what you think are some of the kind of the biggest ones, maybe those that could save us the most money. Yeah, I think the most common mistake is to just assume everything is the same as last year. And it's actually not true because a lot of things can change over a year. 
you know, people's bank account information, or maybe last year you use ABC Bank, and this year you use another one, two, three bank, and you just forgot because you have like 20 banks account, right? So it's important to check those information. And sometimes, you know, spelling of a company, sometimes you change entity. So basically, generally speaking, a lot of people just assume everything stays the same. But I think the common mistake, yeah, the common mistake is a lot of people assume that everything stays the same. But I would, I, I would, um, advise people to check thoroughly every single key information on their tax return, just because one little thing can delay or can delay or make everything go wrong with the tax filing process. Yeah, the IRS is really uh, keeping you on your toes this year, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, things change every year, as you mentioned, but this year a lot is changing. So I would say if you are kind of on the fence about whether you need to get professional help, this might be the year to do it. You know, in a lot of cases, using a tax professional is going to cost you a little bit of money. But in so many cases, what I have found is that they save me way more money than I, than I end up paying them in the long run because they're helping me find deductions. They're helping me take advantage of any credits that I qualify for. And that's just invaluable. And, and also just the peace of mind that somebody's there to help you can really make what can be a stressful time of year a lot easier. Yeah. And it's really not just about taxes, right? I think it's about, you know, knowing your business uh, business spending and your business, getting some insights about it. It also makes us a business a better business owner and individual. And, you know, not only just save taxes, but be better with managing all aspects in our business and our life. Absolutely. Cece, you've got a book coming out soon called Dear Accountant. I love the name. Tell me a little bit about <laughs> it and why you wanted to write that book. Yeah, thank you for asking. So it is coming up in the May 10th uh, of this year. So this is a book I wish I had available when I was starting my career. Um, I tried to make sure that it was filled with insights and perspective from a variety of very successful people in the field of accounting and business. So the whole goal is to help young people uh, to build confidence and confidence so then they can be more strategic and intentional and prepared to advance their career you know, to live a more fulfilling life with meaningful impact. Because when I think about how, when I first started, I felt so insecure, confused, and just overwhelmed by everything that I'm looking at ahead. So hopefully this book will serve as a good resources for all those, you know, who are interested in accounting and exploring accounting and help them in their career journey. I love it. It sounds terrific. I can't wait to read it. Cece, thank you so much for being with me. Yep. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with CC and that it helps you this tax season. If you'd like to get short email updates from me that are filled with tips and tools that I think you'll enjoy for saving more, growing your money, and becoming an amazing money manager, please visit lauradadams.com or you can text me, text get updates with no space, get updates to the number 33444 and you'll automatically be on my email list. And if you're not into email, no problem. Another great way to stay in touch is to join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. Just search for it on Facebook or you can text dollars to the same number 33444 and you'll get an invitation to join the group.
If you have a money question or comment, you can leave your message on our voicemail line by simply calling 302-364-0308, or you can send me an email using the contact page at lauradadams.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, we love it when you subscribe and you rate or review the show. That really helps us expand our reach. Also, don't miss the notes for each show and the full archive of podcasts in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.